This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. of the forever Bristol City podcast. We were hoping to be reporting on uh, a return, well, a, a, a good game at Ashton Gate this afternoon, but sadly it finished. City nil, Rotherham two. That's six home defeats in a row. And I think that's a club record. Joining me uh, this evening at the moment is uh, Ian. And if you haven't uh, dialed in before, feel free to make a contribution because I think uh, Mark and uh, Dave aren't around uh, this evening. But uh, as we usually do, Ian, um, quick 30-second uh, summary of the game before we get into the detail. Um, I think the only player to come out of the game with any credit was Liam Walsh. Um, I thought I think we've got probably the smallest, weakest side, certainly in the Championship. Uh, I don't know enough about the rest of the football, uh, the rest of the EFL. But there can't be many smaller teams. Uh, and it showed today. Uh, we, I, I feared the worst when uh, Callas went off with another poorly timed jump, which is boarded him uh, landing in a heap. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously, when we took off Fam, then we didn't have anybody to head away a set piece. So, uh, awful game. Um, we had 62% possession and did absolutely nothing with it. And I think if I'd have been in goal for Rotherham, uh, for Rotherham it wouldn't have made any difference. No, that's true. Well, look, the uh, yeah, I mean, the starting lineup, the were changes. Out went uh, Max O'Leary, Antoine, and uh, Henry Lansbury, not Henri, as I've been calling him. Uh, in came Liam Walsh for a first start for God knows how long. Uh, Bent came back in goal and Callum O'Dowder on the back of a half-decent performance up at um, whatever St Andrews is called these days last week. He featured. I mean, Ian, the starting lineup predictable, although do you think it was right, the timing would have been right to give Dijou a rest? And we come on to his overall contribution and the future for him later, but any surprises in that starting lineup? Not not particularly. Um, the, the only thing I'd say about leaving Dijou out is... <laughs> And this is a terrible thing to say about a centre forward. You know, we we miss him in both penalty areas if he goes off because we put in some reasonable crosses towards yeah. the end, but there was nobody in there trying to head him in. Um, yeah. And the rest of the team, or almost the rest of the team being midgets, I mean, that must be 
the smallest defence Bristol City have ever had. Yeah. If, if no, you, you look right. at, you know, Hunt's about 5'7". Yeah, Mariapa's only about, about yeah, he's about the same. Mariapa's only about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, five, yeah, and, and then you've got Callas. Then Callas goes off. Zach Viner came on. He's six foot odd. But let's be honest, he got battered up at Rotherham early in the yeah. season. I think yeah. he did did better today. At least he looked a bit lively when he brought the balls out of defence and tried to pass it and ran through the block. Um, yeah, he did, one, he, did one, he did one good he did one good good move, Viner, didn't he? But you can't call well, him inexperienced now when he's played, if you include for us and for Rotherham. I mean, he's not far short. He's got to be between 50 and 100 games at championship level. So that's, you know, yeah. you can't call yeah, him yeah, a novice, and I, is what, I think what the manager said. Yeah, no, I, I, I think in terms, he could have done a lot more to stop the first goal. As Brian Tinian pointed out, what he should have done is ran with Smith and got in his way. Yeah. Uh, instead of just yeah. leaving Bentley isolated to catch the ball. And Smith just ran in and let him on the head and it went over him. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm not... Well, I suppose I am fixated about the height of our team. But we just... I mean, we had enough of the ball today to win 10 games. But we we just don't seem... We we, are, we're, we haven't got an identity. I think that's what the phrase I'm looking well, for. We haven't got. We come on, we not, come on to we come on to the, yeah, the forward on. and what have you. But going through the game, I mean, I thought we started fairly brightly. I mean, we we had some several enterprising moves early on. Uh, a good Wells and Hunt combo forced an early corner. Um, uh, but it was it was same old City, wasn't it? Poor final ball. I thought Masengo looked good in that opening spell. Walsh showed some good touches, but. You know, never mind Callas going off, which was a blow. But in the opening thirty minutes, we looked like half decent. We looked like we were going to go on and get something out of the game, didn't we? Well, I, I think the only thing I would I would say to that is I thought our set pieces were dreadful. Oh God, um, yeah, yeah. And, and and what tells me that is is if you look at a game and say, okay, we had sixty two percent possession. How many shots did we have on target? And and how many? I think we have one on target. Yeah, one on one on target. And their keeper didn't have a save to make. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, ten. Yeah, and no, the keeper, that's... the keeper hasn't had a save to make. So, I think if you look at our side, are we a good defensive team? No. Are we no. a good attacking team? No. No. So, what are we? Yeah. And and I think that's what Nigel Pearson is quickly beginning to find out, and that's why, apart from Walsh, I think he'll let the lot go. Yeah, let the lock. Go well, it's going to be interesting. Here... We're talking about transfer. Yeah, we're talking about transfers as well. With one incoming transfer that's causing uh, a few uh, issues. Let's look at the first goal, though. And you started to look at that. I mean, it was Ledapo sort of player that you know was. I think on Robin's TV they hinted would would suit us. Were fam to go, but he fought for the ball, laid it out to Harding. How many times have we seen attacking wingers in acres of space? Sessignon this time. De Silva, lots of other times. Joe Bryan in years gone by. But then, uh, you know, Bentley, he's been uh, pilloried for the goal. You thought Viner was as culpable as well, but it was a shitty goal to concede, wasn't it? Just before the break. Well, it was, but what, what you do, how you don't concede that is you don't allow the lad to cross the ball. And once again, he was in six feet of space. Yeah. And it wasn't a particularly brilliant cross. I mean, if, if Bentley has stayed on his line, I yeah. think, you know, if, even if Smith gets a touch, it's going straight in his hands. Yeah. But out, out he came. Now, that was a mistake. But what Zach Viner done, when, when he saw the cross, he should have just stepped in front of Smith. And Smith would have pushed him over and he'd have got a free kick. 
Yeah. Or and the ball would have gone through to Bentley. In the end, I mean, in fairness, Bentley made a fantastic save, point blank. Later on to redeem himself. Yeah, to redeem himself, he he did. He he redeemed himself a little bit, but that's not, you know, that's the nature of our team. We're just not, uh, there's no identity and and we don't know what we are. But a second half started, Ian, and Rotherham came out, you know, all guns blazing early on. I mean, Hanno and Sender, who I thought had a reasonable game, to be fair, right? He did lose possession. Hunt, clearance went straight to one of their uh, blokes and the ball was crossed in. Smith nearly headed it in a bit like uh, for the goal. And then Ladapo, he had a shot saved. I mean, the halftime team talk didn't seem to raise spirits that much, did it really? Well, I I think you're asking a lot of times, um, you're asking players to do what they can. You're asking attacking players to defend. Um, Wells, Semenyo, they're not particularly... I mean, they'll run up and down, they get back, the, the work rate is fine. I'm not challenging their effort, their work rate, but it's just not very good at defending. And I don't want to see Naki Wells trying to make tackles on the edge of our own penalty area. No. Honestly, I don't, I don't want to see him. If you're going to, um, you either play him up top with a partner, or if you play him as a as a one, like we tried to when Fan went off, then you've got to get the ball into his feet. Mm. Um, but it, it to be honest, um, it all comes back to this um, identity, and, and we just we just haven't got one. We're not. Oh, we haven't got one. A good. We're not. A, we're not a good team. And I can. S- S- Pearson after the game alluded to that fact. And Did he? We is that what you thought? Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to be. You know, the players need to be physically stronger. We got to look into why we get these injuries. They're not all the same. But so yeah, I, I mean, he needs. He needs a massive, massive clear out down there. All of the players out of contract, apart from Walsh, let them go and give them a chance to bring in some some players that can physically compete at that level. Yeah. And one of those players who can, can compete is already here, and that would be Semenya. I mean, I've got written down here in the opening seven minutes of the second half, two awful touches by uh, Dijou when... Uh, and, you know, when, when in good positions. I mean, he just couldn't control the ball. It was bouncing off him worse than it used to off Wayne Allison in the days of uh, his uh, time down here. And as you alluded to, Ian, I think Pham is better use at the back than he is up front. He was duly taken off on the hour and uh, Semenyo came in, which did give us a bit of physicality. And then uh, Palmer went off. I mean, eight runs in eight games in the side in a row. That's the longest spell he's had in any team. Yeah, he was off the pace today, but Dijou, he shouldn't really have started. And we got some people saying on here, I think, uh, who is it? Chris put down earlier, we should really be withdrawing that contract offer for Dijou now, shouldn't we? Because quite honestly, I think, you know, based on the last two or three games, he's been, well, it's just a waste, waste of space. No point in I playing him, is there? I wouldn't worry. He's not signing the contract, as I said a year ago, and his family have already left Bristol. So, Let's let's not have any of this. Well, if he, he still might sign because he ain't going to, so he's probably I don't know. I would have thought he wouldn't walk away from twenty five grand a week if he if he didn't have a job. But um, you know he hasn't signed a pre contract agreement with anybody because they do have to let you know. Um, so you know, but we all know that in the background agents are talking and something will be agreed. So he's off. So I mean, my front two against Stoke would be Britain and Bell. I thought Bell looked really yeah, you sharp put a predicted came side. On. Yeah, you put a predicted side in yeah. there for next week. Well, it's, it's not, not, pre- not predicted. It's, it's, it's what I do. But I, I, I'd leave 
Gigi and Wells on the bench because we know what they can do um, and give Britain and Bell a run in a in a 3-5-2, assuming Callas is fit. And if Callas isn't fit, hope that Moore's fit because he's only supposed to have twisted his ankle. And if they're both not fit, uh, I'd be recalling um, Robbie Cundy, who's going down gangbusters at Gillingham. He's doing well. And, he's doing well. Yeah, and and I I bring I think it was a mistake not having Nathan Baker on the bench today if he's anywhere near fit. Yeah. Um, but you don't at the moment. I don't know what fit is because fit and being at Bristol City just doesn't seem to fit in the same sentence, does it? No pun no, intended. Not at all. I mean, I just want to go back. I mentioned that uh, about the withdrawal of Fam's contract, and Chris said. No, I didn't when I quoted him as saying it. And I'm just going back through on the uh, the texts uh, sent through up here. And I'm just going to correct myself here. If we go right the way back up there, because Chris, unless it's a different Chris, of course, did say, um, you know, with, with, withdraw his contract. But um, but there we go. Um, second goal, Ian. Um, Antoine fouled one of their guys out on the left, you know, the sort of position Rotherham like scoring from. Uh, free kick, uh, that was slung into the box. Ihekwi, um, I think, put in the header that brought that stunning save from uh, Bentley. You could argue that he redeemed himself. But then straight from the corner, taken by Barlaz, uh, uh, it was Woods, although it looked to go in off Semenyo's back, didn't it? Yeah, we had too many players not looking at the ball. You know, you if, if you don't look at the ball, it's going to hit you. And it hit him and went in. Um, but, I mean, for the free kick, we allowed Rotherham to pile people into our six-yard box and we, or just outside, and we stood with them. So yeah. if you're in a situation like that, why not defend a lot further out and, and give Bentley more of a chance? Even if you've got a small side of it, it means putting two blokes on the line. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, scrub that. You can't leave two blokes on the line, otherwise they'll all pile in there. But we should have defended with a much higher line. Uh, with, with that lack of height. But I think, in fairness to Fam, if he's on the pitch, those are the sort of balls that he heads away. Um, and that's why I said both penalty area, because no point putting in high crosses. I mean, we did a few in the second half. We put in high crosses to Naki Wells. The man's five foot six. I know. I mean, come off it. Come off it, boys, for heaven's sake. I mean, we got we got eight games to go. And I think it's worthwhile just trying Fam. Uh, not fam, trying uh, Naki Wells up front because, again, as somebody else has said on here, let's give Wells a go in his current position for two or three games, yeah, at the last eight. Let's see what he can do. And if he doesn't seem up for it or he doesn't do anything and you think he's got the service, then you, somebody said, get shot of him. But that's easier said than done these days to get shot of a player who's in contract who's not exactly doing what he's paid to do. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, I would, but I, I don't think I don't like Wells playing in this, you know, wide position in a four-two-three-one. Whether he's on the left or the right, I, I don't like it. it. It's not his best position. You won't get the best out of him. QPR did play him as a lone striker, but they've got uh, they're an attacking team who pass the ball. You know, they got players like Elias Chair, who's who's a very small guy in himself, but at least he can pass the ball. And they created lots of attacking opportunities, but they also lost a lot of games because they're not very good at defending. So, you know, you, you win some, you lose some, don't you? Um, yeah, that's true. No, I, I thought, you know, I, I think he will get goals at this level. I mean, he probably came closest to scoring for us in the second half when the keeper tipped that one round the post. Uh, and going back to what I was saying, apologies for that. I wouldn't have saved that one. I'm not no. 100% sure it was on target, yeah. but at least... 
At least, I mean, that, I think that was our one shot on target. No, I think that one would have gone. I think that one would have gone in, and he did. Naki Wells did combine well with Bell and set up Semenya, whose shot was just wide of the post as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just but you know, just wide of the post is just wide of the post. Um, yeah. I, I look at for some reason our our players are, are petrified to play at home, and. They're petrified to play at home with or without fans because let's not forget this has been going on since 2017. Um, so it's not a question of oh well it, it, it we're bad because the fans aren't in because we were well I would say we didn't lose six on the trot at home, uh, but we're we're equally poor when the fans were in. So it's not that. So uh, if you said to me what is it? I mean I said today we needed to dominate possession and get some quality balls into the strikers. We dominated possession, but the balls into the strikers were terrible. Now, whether that's them not making well, the runs, again, I the, Palmer, the, Palmer had a stinker yeah. in the first half. Yeah. So, you know. What do you think of O'Dowda today? I mean, you know, I, you know, he, he played well at Birmingham, and he, he's a one in 10 player. I mean, he's more inconsistent than uh, Jamie Patterson, and he went off in tears at the end of it. Was that because, well, you know, he's in a contract, so he ain't got to worry about getting a wage next season. But is his, was it his hamstring pulled out? Because I'll be honest, I was doing something else. It was that boring. Yeah, it sounds, uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, Pearson said, well, we're going to look at him tomorrow and, and Callas and see what they're like. But to me, I, I think he's out for the season. And if it's the same hamstring, then you're not going to see him until August, if you're lucky. Yeah. So I thought, I thought he was one of the bright sparks in terms of, he was looking to take his man on. He was looking to get, well, first half he did. In the second in. half he was, he was isolated well, and I could count, I'm not going to say which minutes, but three or four instances where it was typical Callum, where he won the ball and then managed to lose it before he did anything with it, sort of thing. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, but he's not getting quality service to get on the ball and attack the fullback, get crosses in. And this is the other problem when you've got a right foot, the number of times when we got to the byline, the ball finished up back with the centre arms because we took the easy option and passed it backwards or sideways. And that's something we've been doing once again. We've been doing that more and more and more over the last three seasons. Yeah. And I don't like right-footed players at left-back or left-footed players at right-back. I really, really don't like it. That's out of necessity. I mean, it's a bit bit of a a conundrum, really, because you just said about O'Dowda and indeed the strikers getting decent service. And for 90 minutes, we had two players that are under... Well, one we want to sign and another one, you know, is here... Uh, certainly for next season. Masengo and Welsh, two of our better players, and Palmer for a good chunk of the game, yet we're talking about the strikers not getting the service. So how does that add up? You know, it doesn't seem to match because... Well, we, if, Palmer... I mean, if you, added, so, sorry, if you added... Sorry, if you added Masengo, Walsh, Palmer, and then you add Joe Williams to that, and that could be our midfield next season, and that looks on paper... <laughs> pretty damn good now it's, it's pretty much the midfield that I was talking to somebody in the week I said you can see those four with O'Dowda playing wide on the left or maybe Semenya with one striker up front Wells not Deji or anything like that but what why are the midfield playing well but the strikers not getting the service because I, I can't get my head around that well the midfield didn't play well uh, in, in terms of an attacking threat uh, Palmer had a poor first half he had some good opportunities to slip balls through, but he either he, he 
um, overhit the pass a few times. There's one particular occasion when we had uh, four, four or three against two, and he's overhit the pass, so it's run through, straight through to the goalkeeper in the first half. Um, second half, he started getting in better positions, got the ball, knocked some balls wide. Um, but I, I, I think, to, to be honest, I think Rotherham defended really well, but we played into their hands. As like Tinian said, you know, you're not going to be able to play through them, so you need to play around them. Now, yeah. our, our fullbacks didn't really get forward to any any effect. Um, Hunt had a poor game. Cessignon had a poor game. I thought Mar- Mariapa, who I'd been a, a supporter of for the last month or so since he went to his best position, I think he was poor. Yeah. Um, and, and we didn't – there isn't enough – quality there. Walsh was in his first game. He tried to slip a ball, a few balls yeah, through. He did. He, no, he showed um, some good touches. Although, again, he tired. And I think, had they not had the injuries that they had, he might have been taken off with 15 minutes ago because, you know, he, he yeah. managed to do a full 90, didn't he? But, um, well, this two-week break is, is actually come at the right time. Um, so, hopefully, Callas will get over his hip injury. But hip injuries, you know, you got to look what happened with, with Patterson with the hip injury. He had an op, then he came back, then it didn't work. Well, sorry, they said he didn't need an op. Then he had a lot of rehabilitation, then that didn't work. So he had an op, and then he came back after the op, and it's gone again. Yeah. So th- these injury reoccurrences, it's the reoccurrences that, that actually worry me more than a first-time injury. Because you know, I understand it's a physical game. Player goes into a tackle, the other guy's a bit late, breaks his leg. Right, I've seen it happen. It's horrible. But you can't really blame anybody for that. No. But these reoccurring injuries, Williams, injured all season, injuries reoccurred, then he goes to another specialist who he then says, well, you know, I've had an op and hopefully I'll sort it out this time. Because it actually it sounded like it wasn't his hamstring. It was something that was making his hamstring go. So... <laughs> they've diagnosed it then you get um, uh, Baker who did his hamstring in August we haven't seen him play yet yeah. um, and and he's then did his but you just feel you just, now- feel you just feel with Baker that if he comes back there's eight games to go let's say you know in theory he could come back against Stoke and you feel that he could play four and then do himself a game because he's got form when it comes to that hasn't he well, especially leaving the field before half time. I've never. And is he going to bust a gun if he's out of contract? Because we're getting to this critical stage with everything, you know, with the manager and everything. Let's just wrap up on the game, though, uh, Ian, before we talk about some other stuff. I mean, record sixth home defeat in a row. The home record this season is seven wins, two draws, nine defeats. You know, we could well be on for double figures in defeats. It's disgraceful. And as you said, Ian, 10 games Rotherham have won all season, two of them against us. They must be singing, can we play you every week? You said it was uh, by an aggregate of 5-0. Did they beat us 3-0 up there or was it 2-0? I thought it was I thought it was only 2. 3. It was 3-0. Three three, and, and in all, all fairness, if it had been 5 or 6, we couldn't have had any complaints. No, from that, from that point of view. And looking at them, I mean, do you think they've got enough in them to maybe avoid the drop? Because as you've said, you know, we're, we're, we're safe. Right, we ain't going to go down. Um, but Birmingham, they lost today at Watford. No surprises there. I think that was was that Bowie's second game in charge. I mean, Rotherham have got a method, and for that method of play, that can keep sides up, can't it? Would you agree with that? 
Well, if you, you look, they've got four games in hand on Birmingham and they're three points behind. Yeah. Um, and they, they've actually got a far better goal difference in Birmingham. So, yeah, I think Rotherham can. I think looking at the table, the three most likely to go down are uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham Wanderers are down. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. They won today. Birmingham. First away win for uh, a very long time, actually, but too little too late, you think, well, from then. Well, Wickham Sheffield. have got 27. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. Well, they're going to have to win a lot of games. I mean, they've got, they played 37 games. They got a game in hand on Birmingham, but they're six points behind. And they've played three more games than Rotherham. And Rotherham are three points ahead. So it doesn't look good. Um, no. Obviously, they had that that deduction, which didn't do them a lot of good. Um, yeah. They'd have been okay without that. But um, yeah. no, I, I I honestly think that um, I, I don't I don't think we'll go down. But I I think we uh, there, there, a huge amount of work needs to be done. The side needs to be completely reconstructed with different players, and a lot of uh, I think quite a few of the players who are under contract uh, may go as well. So it is a real it's on. a mammoth. It's a mammoth. Yeah, it's job. a mammoth task. It is a mammoth yeah, task. Anybody, anybody less uh, qualified than Pearson, and you look at us for next season, and you'd say we're bottom six, if not bottom three contenders. Um, Steve's asked Ian, can you explain how we can recall Robbie Cundy from his loan? What is the rationale behind for doing that? Because I didn't realise you had twenty-five men, only twenty-five men, professional squads in this league. I thought that was only the. Premier League that that was uh, applicable well, to? Well, the honest answer is I don't know if we can. Uh, but what I'm saying is if Callas is injured, yeah. um, well, you talk about 25 players, all you do is you say, right, we've now got nine players out for the season. Yeah. You say to the, you write to the football authorities and you say, well, you know, we want to uh, sign a player. Um, the following five players we need to take out of our 25 man squad. Yeah. So you take the five players out and you, and you bring one back would be, I mean, that's how we've signed on Danny Simpson. Well, let's come um, on to that. You've so got, let's come on to, let's go on, finish what you're going to say. Then we'll talk about Simpson. You've now got, assuming if, assuming Callas is fit uh, in two weeks time, Ododa, if he's done anything to his hamstring, ain't going to be fit in two weeks time. I doubt that no. very much. Yeah. You've got, you've got nine players that are out for the season. Yeah. Now it's not like Cundy's a, a new signing. He's a member of our, I think he's a member of our under twenty three squad. Um, so I don't know if you can recall him, uh, but we we need um, a big ball winning centre half, and that's what he is. Um, so and I'm assuming that Baker can play now. Um, then we don't know how long um, Taylor Moore's out for. Uh, yeah, he might be out for as well, isn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, but I mean, do you so think, do you think you he's going to bring in? Do you think? I mean, there's a two-week break coming up. I guess Naj is going off on international duty. I'm surprised they didn't bring him on at some stage today because persevering in I'll call them dead rubber matches like today's was. I do not see the point, other than well, we're paying him away, so we should pay him. I do not see the point in bringing in Henry Lansbury on. I never saw the point in signing him. Yeah, but why? you know, bring him on when you've got Backinson. Let's give Backinson a run out, see if he's off the naughty step and can put in a performance for half an hour. Are you surprised neither of those two came on, Ian? Or do you think they just, well, you know, maybe, I mean, don't, maybe, I, maybe I think, don't fancy them? I, I think Lansbury uh, did okay when he came on, i got to be honest. Um, 
But I think with Lansbury, I mean, if you look at the way he played it, Blackburn and, and the game before that, um, I thought he was half decent. Um, he played some nice passes when he came on. Lovely ball for O'Dowda through the defence. A good run. So I don't think he's a terrible player. Um, but I, I, I don't see... You, you, what you've got to look at is how many 30-odd-year-old players do we want in the team? Because you've got Mariapas 34, Simpson's 34, yeah, 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 yeah. Lansbury's 31. Yeah. Pearson might be thinking, well, let's use these guys to the end of the season. They're Naki all Wells is 31 They're... this season. Naki Wells is 31 next birthday. If yeah, he's I mean, on, on reflection, it looks like, you know, Naki Wells at four or five million quid, what a great signing. No. Uh, but we, <laughs> we let we let, we let let players who cost us a lot of money walk away from the club anyway. We got 14 stroke 15 million pounds worth going in seven weeks' time. So For nothing. For nothing. I, I, so nothing I don't, new there. For nothing. I, yeah. I don't see what the... The rationale, um, the rationale is if we had a fully fit squad, right? So you're including Alfie Mawson, you're including Jay De Silva, um, uh, you're including Joe Williams. I think we've we've got a decent squad if everyone's fit and firing. But we've never we haven't had that since August. So, well, we hope. Yeah, I, I would say on paper, and as you said, Ian, on paper it looks a top six squad. Bar the in- you said that at the start yeah. of the season, and bar the injuries, it looks a top six squad as individuals. And as Dave Fev said, I think on an OTIP thread, they've been signed, but with no real pattern in uh, no real pattern of play in mind. I want to make a couple of comments here. I mean, Tomo said one thing he's not comfortable with question mark is Pearson either is Downing and Simpson having so much vocal influence on the touchline. I don't see them balling them out. I mean, do you think? Either of them will be here come August, Downing or Simpson? Uh, I don't know, is the honest answer. It wouldn't surprise me if they're here. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they're gone. Uh, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the fifth on that one, Dave. I, I've got no <laughs> knowledge of it. I don't I don't know what they do. I'm annoyed that somebody hasn't worked with Thomas Callas on his jumping because it's a problem he's had all season. And I said it when he wrecked his shoulder uh, in the cup game. What was that against? Was that Northampton we played? Keith Curl was the manager. Yes, Um, that's right. Earlier in the season. And and what he does, which people are saying, oh, come on then, tell us what the problem is. He gets up early, which is fine, but he's too front on. So the player sees him do it. The player makes a back and Callas goes flying over the top. That's right. And then he laps. And lands in a heat. And, now, and dare I say, it, he, Baker has the tendency to do that as well, which is why he's done his shoulder a couple of times in the time he's been here on top of everything else, hasn't he? Don't you think he challenges yeah, it, a bit like that? Well, Baker, not as much, although Baker and injuries, I mean, fits in the same sentence. If, yeah. if, you, <laughs> if you look at how they jump, I'd like to get them a video. Remember a centre-half we had, Dave, called John McPhail? Uh, yeah, used to I play remember John Central. Yeah, yeah, ex football player. Used to play when David Moyes was here back in the mid-80s. Exactly. Now, him and Moyes kept Keith Curl, who was an England international uh, in the future, out of the team. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. He, he couldn't get in the team because no. those two were rock solid. They weren't anything like as good footballers as Keith Curl. Bear yeah. in mind, we signed him for 10 grand as a winger from Torquay after he'd left the Rovers. Yeah. But Monty or John McPhail, Monty was his nickname, he 
would stop, he would jump for the ball, but he'd be sideways on. So if a bloke came back towards him, he got McFell's elbow in his shoulder and his back. And I can't remember that bloke losing many headers. And I remember one particular game at Swindon where we got absolutely battered for 90. We won 1-0, absolutely yeah. battered for 90, 90 minutes. Junior Bent scored um, from a Bob Taylor through ball. And yeah. they were putting the ball in the box over and over and over again. And when he headed the ball, it went from the penalty area to the halfway line. I know. No, he and was so a I'd, player. I'd get a, I'd get a video of him defending. And say this is what he's going to be doing. And, and say this is where you're going wrong because all he's going to do is keep hurting yourself. Then how many times this season has yeah. he been over the top like that? Like well, he, he does was have today? the pretend, he does have the propensity to let the uh, to, to let the ball go over his head a couple of times. Norwich at home when he plays on that left side, you see that is not his strong point. Yeah, so we got. I mean, let's pick a couple of comments on here. Mark Cartler seems to be having a bit of a vendetta against Naki Wells. He's put another comment on here saying, Wells is a disgrace. Sell him to the highest bidder. Loud Lease has come on with a little bit of breaking news by the look of it that uh, Alex Neal is off from Preston. She says she's just had a message from a few uh, Preston mates out there. So that would be interesting. So maybe if Pearson doesn't come, we get Alex Neal down here. Thank you. No. Oh, God help us. <laughs> no, you're all right. Yeah. No. No, 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 that's, that's okay. There'll be there'll be there'll be better managers about than that, you know. Chris Wilder, Eddie Howe. So if if Nigel says no, no, I I think he's staying because he he, he can see like that he we is, could. Isn't he? He's talking like he is. We, yeah, I think he could see that we can be a lot better than we are. Yeah. Um. But we you know at the moment we're not. We got too many. Too many weak, physically weak players. Is, is mentally, mentally, I think a lot of it is mentally weak. Yeah. Uh, somebody else put a comment on here about Pearson, Pearson, not Pearson, uh, Palmer. There was one instance where the first few games under Pearson, he tracked back, and this time in the game, he broke forward, and he just didn't seem to have the legs in him. Maybe he's knackered because of the young kid. Right, sorry, and I took us back. We've been darting all over the place. Let's get back to this Danny Simpson uh, signing. Why? Yeah. Why, why, why? And there's two reasons. The optics from the wokey Bristol City aspect of things. I'm, we're going to come on and try and create a Bristol City felons 11. But there's the wokey aspect of looking at it, right? And then there's the wages. And I know we've got players injured, but he's a right back. He hasn't played all season. How is he going to get match fit? What is the point? Tell me. Anybody, and if you're texting, can anybody see any point in paying him a wage? It's not like he needs to get fit because we're going into a traditional length close season. So why? Well, my understanding is he's been training with Leicester since then. Yeah. Um, apparently, he had a he went to Sheffield Wednesday and they said thanks but no thanks. Uh, so le let's look at him. He's uh, not very tall. No, he's, he's 34. 34. He's, no taller, he's no taller than Jack Hunt, if that's who well, he's coming Hang on. 34, 5 foot 8, 11 and a half stone, 370 appearances, only 17 as a sub. He's been with Pearson before at Leicester, so he's got Premier League. And yeah, but if you read on Wikipedia, Pearson left him out for quite an extended period of that season before they went on and won the Premier League when he played, I think, 33 out of the 38 games. So although Pearson brought him in, if you read on Wikipedia, it says he was left out for a fair chunk. Anyway, sorry. So, right. yeah. I mean, okay. it's, so, Pearson, uh, Pearson fancies, fancies right. him in the, his type of player. So he sees something in him. Well, I mean, he signed him, hasn't he? 
Now, if Pearson yeah. thought he was useless, I, I doubt very much he'd sign him just to wind you up. We've got, I mean, he hadn't played since June 2020. Um, he's only signed to the end of the season. So I'm not going to start doing backflips around my garden because we've signed a bloke. I mean, no. he might turn out to be, I mean, Mariapa over the last couple of months since he's moved to centre-back has, has probably been our best player or one yeah. of our best players. Um, and he's 34. Now, I think for next season, I don't think we'll see loads of 34-year-olds here. Let's put it that way. Could um, you see him and, bringing him in between now and the end of the season to suss him out as a cheapo version at right back, a very experienced person at right back, to take over from Jack Hunt on the basis that Mariapa might go back to Watford. Well, we'll go back unless we do anything with him. But God help us next no, season. He won't go Mariapa at the back. Dave, he won't go back to Watford because he's out of contract. Or Mary Apple was. So, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So right, Simpson's out of contract. So yeah. we were talking the other night about, you know, players being available. And I think clubs will have a good look, probably a better look than they normally do at the out of contract marketplace because there's not a lot of money about. Um, now, Steve Lansdowne's got plenty. Whether he wants to um, spend a load of it, I've got no idea. But I don't think Pearson's going to stay here if, if Steve Lansdowne says to him, right, Nigel, you know, we're going to build for next summer. And what I want you to do, I either want you to play all the kids or I want you to um, have free transfers only. Yeah. Or does what he did with Holden, basically, say, well, you've got to generate your own funds, which is yeah. why this season – We've we've generated more in outgoings than we've spent on yeah. incomings. But we're still going to lose so, thirty million quid. Yeah, probably. Um, so we need to look at. I mean, someone said on on the comments, watch Andre Gray or Dini arrive next season. Now, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think Dini seems to create problems in the dressing room. But when we talk about cha changing managers, um. Interesting stat today that Abramovich was asked about changing managers, and they said you've had 16 managers, one six in eight Twice. in 18, 18 years, eight, yeah. eight, 18 years. And he said, Yeah, but we won 18 trophies, yeah. So, that well, look, at, of, look at how Watford, you know, look at how Watford changed their managers, you know, they're doing all right, they won again, they could be if they're, they're definitely in the playoffs and they could even go up as um as top as top two. I mean, this thing about Simpson though, has he got a is it did he get did he get a criminal record for spousal uh, abuse or something like that? Or have, is that well, just yeah, he had to wear a yeah, he, he got community service and then they he had said to wear that, that wouldn't. Yeah, they said if he did community service, the press would be all over him every day and it'd be very difficult. So they, yeah. they changed it uh, to a curfew. So he couldn't go out at night. And this was around the time that Leicester won the um, uh, won the, the Premier League. And yeah. um, it, they gave him a 21-day banning order. I mean, you don't know. You don't. I don't like to comment about things like this. Because um, you know he, he's obviously had look, sounds like he's had a rut with his girlfriend or his missus. They've come to blows, and then he, he's he's bit or he's itter, and he's come to it from what you read on Wikipedia. Well, but exactly. that, that could exactly. all that could all be 
that could all be bore, couldn't it? But I know he had to wear a tag that was well documented. And I know he was sentenced to community service as well. Now, if the assault had been that you look at, you look at, But you look at Bristol City and look, Luke Ayling, he ended his time here. He was almost guilty by association. He wasn't the one throwing the uh, nasty substance in a cup at Cheltenham. He was stood next to the bloke who was. And he was, I might be wrong here, but he seemed as though he was eased out because it didn't fit the agenda. Can you see, you know, we're signing... Simpson is almost one step away from signing somebody like Ched Evans, isn't it? It doesn't fit the image. doesn't look well, does it? Well, Ched, Ched Evans was con- convicted of something considerably more serious. But, um, I, 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 I th- you know, look, judging by the sentence that he got, because obviously if, if he'd have, you know, he, he did, it's not like he got a, a two-year suspended sentence or he got three years in prison. Um, so I would assume that it was... You know, a, a, a domestic, um, a domestic situation that got out of hand. I don't mean to yeah. say he was doing it all the time. I've got, you know, I've actually, I don't know. I haven't read it on what the the limited amount that I've read is, which what other people have posted on various forums. Yeah, he, he's not covered himself with glory there, has he? Not by a long way. But yeah. it, it, somebody else on here is talking about. Uh, I think it's Steve is talking about watch Troy Deeney arrive in players. Like, well. If you've got blokes like Troy Deeney in the side, you ain't going to get bullied. That's well, for and sure. That's, see, you look at those two next season. Now, Watford, if they go up, right, both him and Andre Gray may not be retained. They may even be out of contract. But, you know, you could get a side of bullies that bullies your way out of that division. Yeah, I mean, Southampton did that 30-odd years ago, didn't they, when they had people like Mick Shannon, Alan Ball, Peter Osgood, Kevin Keegan, that's not all in the same timeline, but they got a side of experienced blokes. Yeah, but couldn't they ever play football as well? I mean, you're talking about a different level with with Keegan and and Shannon and players like that. Yeah, but I I think, look, Nigel Pearson has got out of this division before. He's also survived in the Premier League. He lost his job in unfortunate situations. It was probably, it was more to do with a club tour of Thailand than anything that he'd personally done. Well, he supported um, his but, boy. You know, he supported his boy, didn't you, he? That's why that went to but, so. but, Well, if you look at um, the players that he'd had, you know, you had players like Robert Hooth, the big lumpy centre-half, Wes yeah. Morgan. Yeah. yeah. You're not, they're not men that would get sand kicked in their faces, are they? No. And half of our lot are lovely people that they are. You're not going to go... The, the no, Skybet Championship. You're 100% with, right, because Nigel Pearson uh, was a player. He wasn't the sort of bloke who was going to get sand kicked in his face, like him and Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister and all that lot. They're all from that era, yeah? But yeah, it, correct. it'll be interesting to see, because we, we've been saying for a few weeks now that the international break is the witching hour for making decisions. Because, you know, again, when was the last time we had a peep out of Mark Ashton? One little peep, nothing, nada, right? And we've got eight or, games to go. Yeah, or or, who, mm-hmm. or or junior, or junior. We haven't heard anything out of junior. So eight no. games to go, right? He can plan for next season, and the club can plan for next season if they know he's going to be in here. So do you think by the time we play Stoke 
which is on Good Friday, will have signed him up? Or do you think we're just going to have... I mean, he told Gregor to mind his own business, didn't he, at the press conference when he said, what are you doing over the international break? But do you think he'll be uh, signed up for a three-year deal or a two-year deal with a one-year option by the time we play Stoke City? Well, he said, uh, he said to Gregor, I'll be working over the international break, which he will because we haven't got a million players that are going away. It's not like a big club like Man United where you go to the training ground, there'll be half a dozen there. Um, most of ours, I mean, I'm looking at a team I'd pick for um, Stoke and every single player will be there with a the possible exception of Callas. Now, I'm assuming Callas is going to be fit. Yeah. Um, so he's got a load of players to work with. Um and he's he's got to see how Simpson does, how well he integrates with the squad. Is he is he can he do forty five minutes? Can he do sixty? Can he do ninety? Um, you're only looking at, I think, two players out of the squad potentially going. Away. I think it's only one actually. It's only Adam Nash, plus the kids who are going away for under eighteen, under twenty one tournaments and all the rest of it. And fans yeah. off to off to play for Senegal. Um, so, and, and my overall view, if I get it out of the way, is that people shouldn't be travelling the world to play football in a pandemic. Sometimes, you know, I, we all like well, football playing an all international the rest of it. friendly is unnecessary journey, really, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It is the you know. Sometimes you've got to look at the greater good and and the bigger picture in the world. We're in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. and lots of places are closing down again because yeah. it, it's. It's got out of control. So let's just calm down. We can put the international everything back. If we need to put it back another year, great. Put it back another year. Couldn't care less. Um, but I think the, the, um, the he's got lots of people to work in, but he, he said to Gregor, if I'm doing anything privately, that's none of your business, so I'm not going to tell yeah. you. And he was half joking, but... <laughs> No, but that's know, what he's like. Somebody, a couple of people have said on various threads that I've read, you know, Gregor's going to need to up his game because he's not one to tolerate um, dumb questions. You know, I think he's got form when it comes to treating journos, uh, treating journos like that. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Steve said on here, work, the big recruitment is needed. Pearson doesn't like to do the legwork himself. And we haven't got the recruitment team to do it. And queued 83. If you are going to make text comments, when you create a user, put your own name in there because it's better than reading these handles. But the recruitment team is Mark Ashton. And I come back, Ian, to the fact that Ashton has been invisible for two months now, isn't it? Since he appeared on Jeff Twentyman. Well, show, no, we had a peep out of yeah. it. No, Mark. Let's let's be a little bit fair here. Mark Ashton isn't the recruitment team, and he. Well, he runs um, the recruitment team. Yeah, but that's like saying the CEO runs ICI. He doesn't do all the work. Um, he the the head of recruitment will report to him. The same is the head of medical, the head of fitness, and the manager report to him. Right. So he doesn't get involved in picking the team. All these, and he, he said to me privately and he also said it publicly when I was there and another hundred and some odd people were there I don't have anything to do with talent identification so in other words if, if Pearson says what I could really do it is two left-sided centre-backs that's up to the analyst to say right there's 10 centre-backs we can afford you know so you could say oh well let's go to Man City and borrow Imeric Laporte no there's, there's 10 centre-backs here that we can get any of them that you know about, any of them you fancy. Yeah. Right? 
and this is who they are and what they've done and here are their stats. Um, so, you know, and it will be his decision who comes in. Now, someone, you know, if, if Man United look around and say, right, we really fancy Dan Bentley, here's 25 million quid, he'll be gone. Yeah. And, and Nigel Pearson will have as much say in that as I will. But what he'll get is they'll say, but look, Dan, we've got, uh, look, uh, Nigel, we've got 25 million quid. We're going to keep 10 million 17. to replenish the coppers, but 15 million quid. Right, you've got Max O'Leary you can step up because I think everybody agrees that, you know, he's not far away from being a first choice, but you've got 15 million to go out and strengthen the team in other areas. And you could spend that on wages or you can spend it on transfer fees because you look at the total cost of whoever he goes out to buy. And that's the that's a key thing that's coming up, isn't it? It's total cost of a player. It's not just a transfer fee. It's the wages. Um Ian, a couple of things before we uh, wrap up. Uh, I was starting to put together that Bristol City Felons eleven, and I recall, and you're old enough to remember this as I was. Remember Ray Cashley, the platform one incident with the uh, glassing? Yeah. Was, he the vic- was he the victim or was he the one that did it? I think he might have been the victim, wasn't he, Ray Cashley, up there? Platform one, yeah, 1977? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, somebody hit him in the face with a glass at platform That's one right. nightclub in Clifton. The, the guys from Route. Romeo Browns were, um, <coughs> excuse me, Scott uh, Scott Brown, Steve Scott Booker, Brown. and Dave Partridge. Dave Partridge, uh, and that that was under Gary Johnson. So that's uh, um, then you had Luke Aylin, who got he didn't well, he, didn't, uh, he didn't get he didn't get told off. He just got kicked out of the club because of what happened there. Wasn't Bradley Orr involved in that nightclub incident in 05? I got a feeling he was as well, actually. But yeah, Partridge, might, I, Dave Partridge went inside, didn't he? Did he have to go inside? As yeah, well? it was yeah. I think, I think he. Yeah, I think he got time. I mean, he. he I saw the video. Uh, Somebody CCTV said Scott Partridge. No, one Scott Partridge. It was Scott Brown. Scott Scott Brown was that player who put him. Who ended up at Cheltenham, and I remember he did a. He did a. He he kicked the ball on the edge of the penalty area, and some might have been the equivalent of the the the, the LDV trophy, and dislocated his knee or something stupid like that. But uh, there we go. Um, the other thing I want to talk about tonight, well, two things just to wrap up. I mean, another one of the great lead side has gone to that uh, play field up in the sky, Peter Lorimer. I mean, 74, and I speak as somebody who's 65 this week. No, I wasn't pissed on Wednesday. My sound wasn't working. That's why Ian had to do the podcast and made a damn good job of it. But uh, rest in peace, Peter Lorimer. He had a shot on him, Ian, didn't he? Yeah, in the brat, in the, oh, uh, in the, uh, yeah, um, in the um, Alan Walsh style, that was, wasn't it? Or, you know, other point. Yeah, we've only had, uh, I, 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 it got me thinking on Bristol City players who had a really hard shot. And you mentioned one, Alan Walsh. Another one was Jimmy Mann. I remember him putting one past Shilton, 35 yards. Five yards about, on the current end, 19, 19, final season in the uh, <laughs> 79-80, final season in the Premier League, that was, or Division One as it was then. I remember that one. What a goal, Jimmy Mann. Yeah, he was, he was player, um, yeah, it was about 35 yards. It was about 18 inches off the ground. It went past Shilton. Um, yeah. who was the best goalkeeper in the world at that time. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, Lorimer was something else because as well as having a, a really, really hard shot, he was a great cross of the ball. And it, he he was very, very accurate. He wasn't one of these blokes who, you know, put one out of 10 in the net. It was more like seven out of 10. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, But don't forget, he was also in a fantastic team. And, and I was thinking about that team today. The Leeds, the Leeds team, 
And yeah, it's all started at the back. You had Jackie Chan and Norman Hunter. Gary Sprake in goal. Hutch, yeah, Gary Sprake in goal. And then you Hunter, had... Terry Cooper at left back. Yeah. Paul Reaney. But you had two, two small guys. But you had two... From all everything I've said today, you had two small guys in midfield. Mind Johnny you. I mean, they Billy were, Bremner. Yeah, they were absolutely brilliant small guys. But they were, they were small guys. Then you had Mick Jones and Alan Clark up front. So... You're you're talking about you know I'm saying we need to be physical and strong, and you can have small guys that are physical and strong. We just haven't got any. Um, and we, no, I think well, Nigel see, Pearson. Well, we he'll, did have, look, didn't we? Remember Steve Galliers? Do you remember Steve Galliers? He was small and strong, and look, yeah. the doyen of all of them, small and strong. Jerry Gow, whose book written by Neil Palmer is published tomorrow. You can now get it on Amazon. If you haven't done, get it. I'm ordering mine. But, uh, you know, he was he wasn't big, was he? Gary Shelton wasn't big in the middle of the park. Bobby Kellard wasn't no. big. All these players. People have been commenting on other players that could belt it. Uh, Steve said Rob Newman. Yeah, he could whack it a bit. Before my time, but I've heard uh, that he could. Alan Payne said Peter Hooper had a bit of a, had a, bit of a shot on him. But... Um, uh, but there we go. Bremner and Giles, that's right. Hard as nails. David Hart wasn't big, but hard as nails, but not very good, to be fair. Lee Johnson wasn't big or strong. No, Tom O was just crap, in my opinion. But there we go. Um, right, final topic before we wrap up. Um, the CAS, which is the Clean Air Zone in Bristol. I've seen mm-hmm. the maps for Bristol and Ashton Gate is, or the perimeter or near Ashton Gate, it's in the CAS zone. And you're thinking, oh, my God, Bristol City Council have done jack shit for this football club in 120 years, right? This is another nail in the coffin of helping us in any shape or form, the bloody stadium, not opening the park and ride and everything like that. But when I looked at it, I've got – well, not I've got two cars, two cars in the family. One's a hybrid and the other one's a four-year-old petrol, right? Neither of them would have to pay. Now, you know a lot about – clean air zones, Ian, because of your job in the past. It's not as bad, is it, as people are making out? Or is Bristol going to be one of those cities where if they can make it shit for the motorist and the city fan, they're going to? What do you think? No, it, it won't be. I mean, I, I remember when clean air zones first came in and congestion zones, I was working in, um, I was working in Kent uh, for a company that had I, – I ran about 2,000 vehicles – and they would go into London in and out, in and out frequently. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we finished up with a £650,000 worth of fines because of the age of our vehicles. Now, what TfL um, didn't take into account, although we told them, is that we'd use a system called Equinox to change the exhausts so that they they complied with the emission standards. Now, bearing in mind that at the time, the fines for taking the vehicle into London were £135 That's per right. entry. Yeah. Per entry. So if you came in and out four times in a day, it all adds up. Yeah. We had a QC on our board, and the QC, you know, you've all seen TFL's face when we turned up at the appeals court with a, a QC with us. Um, and basically they said, no, you didn't give us any documentation. So we said, well, here's all the recorded deliveries and all the rest of it that proves you had it. By the way, we sent it to you electronically. There's all your read receipts. Then this, and anyway, this went on for about an hour. They approached the judge and said, right, we're going to drop all the charges. And as, as, as well as 
uh, you don't have to pay us anything. And as well as that, the judge said, well, in fairness, then, because it's all your fault, you can pay all of their costs. So, I mean, we, we were laughing. Yeah. You know, I, what you can do, if you go on to a, uh, there's a link, and we're adopting the Birmingham model in Bristol. That's right. And if you've got a car with a, even if you've got a diesel car, it's, uh, there is a Euro standard for the car that you've got. Now, my, the right. engine in my car is a, is a Euro 6. Yeah. And that means you don't have to pay anything. Yeah. Um, if you've got a re, a, an older... I think it's if you've got a car um, that's... Fundamentally, it's if you've got a car that's over 10 years, you've got a bit of a problem. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, roughly. Well, it depends it, it depends on the engine and the emissions. So, yeah. But if you've got a new car with the new Euro 6, Euro 5, even Euro 4 diesel engines, you're normally okay. So yeah. I, I think the, the majority so it's not the of issue. It's not the issue. It's not the issue that at first glance you scream, "Oh my God, something else is going to impair attendances." It's um, well, it, it would it would impair attendances because if you look, say, right, there's 23 home games, and let's say you get you play four home games, that's that's 27 quid, uh, 27 entries times nine pound. That's 243. Quid. Oh, it's the price of a season ticket. If you come in with nobody else, yeah. It's the price of a season ticket. So, again, you know, football, is it moving to a different model where people watch shit on TV like we've been doing? And you pay 20 quid to watch it on Robin's TV instead of 10. But a club get more money maybe than they're getting at the moment. But then football grounds are going to be soulless places, aren't they? And we'd much sooner see people. There was a thread on there. I think Dave Fevs mentioned a few weeks ago about doing season tickets at half price. But then you're in the situation of price elasticity of demand. You know, if you do half the prices, will you get extra people then? But then you get the extra revenue with pies and drinks and everything like that. I mean, again, it's a whole new... I mean, we do not know, and it's probably only 20 weeks away now, if that, from the start of next season. Yeah, it probably is about 20 weeks, isn't it? A hell of a lot has got to happen in the next 20 weeks. A hell of a lot. And we haven't even scratched well, the surface. In order, for people, in order for people to want to buy season tickets, I think the well, most important thing is that, yeah. hang on, they'll, they'll need to know if Pearson's going to be the manager. If Pearson says, it's say at the end of the international break, Pearson says, Right, signed a, a two-year contract or a three-year contract with an option or something like that. So Pearson's here. Um, players aren't going to sign contracts, I don't think, if they don't know who the manager is going to be. But not many of the ones that are out of contract. Fans go in, so forget about that. Not many of the ones that are out of contract will be offered anything like what they're on. Liam Walsh might might be offered a bit more none of the other players because you could probably get better out there for not much or less wages. Yeah. So less, and, and it will be the same next season when the, the teams that come down, let's say it's the bottom three, Fulham, uh, Sheffield United are already down, West Brom are already down. Um, yeah. Fulham, let's say Fulham come down. They're going to come down. They'll have a hundred million pound income in the Premier League. They'll get another 42 million the first year they're down. There's no way they're not going to finish in the top three. No, absolutely. Uh, the so, then it's up to, so then it's so, up to us to feature and try and be one of those clubs in the in in the next three or six clubs going for the final three places. That's that's the long and the short of it. That would be success next season. And if we don't get yeah. Pearson, 
I can't see anybody else coming in that's going to give us a chance of attracting players like he might be able to, or indeed have the nous to uh, yeah, get a manager in that could make a big difference. But there we go. Ian, well, I don't, I don't know. You've got, got you've got Chris Wilder is 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 out of work. You don't know yeah. what you know whether you'd be able to get him if 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 Nigel Pearson said no. Do you know what? No. And I, I think what he's saying in a lot of long joined up words, providing. You know, we're all singing off the same hymn sheet. In other words, if I go to Steve Lance and say I'm going to need all that lot's going, apart from Walsh, I need to bring these 10 or 12 blokes in and this is what they're going to cost. And Lansdowne has a sharp intake of breath and says, play the kids. I don't think he's staying. No. So a lot of it, hopefully, although those conversations will be had in the next two weeks and that situation will be resolved, yeah. I, would, I would hope. Yeah, we, I've just been reminded on here, Cardiff have beaten Swansea and uh, Aidan Flint scored. Well done, uh, well done, Aidan. But uh, look, there we go. Look, we're, we're done now. I mean, we will be back with a podcast of this sort uh, on Good Friday, um, the religious festival. Uh, if all being well, I might be able to get a special um, interview done between now so that we have something to cover the international break next weekend if any of you that are listening want us to talk about seasons gone by and we can go right the way back to 1967 in my case or players or we can do some reviews we may do some of that in the summer or we just want us to chat about any topics you can direct messages on um, on twitter and my email address for the purposes is purposes of the podcast is headhuntergb at gmail.com if there's anybody from the past you'd like us to try and get in touch with uh, I've got three people that I'm trying at the moment that would be real good listenability stuff uh, I think so but if there's anything that you want us to discuss as a group that's me and Ian Dave Mark and some of the other people uh, never to the dark side aka Johnny Kosh he did come in the studio for a bit and I was just about to go to him and he dropped out but look do feel free to drop in. You can see how many spaces there are. It's me plus four is what we're allowed in as a max. Please do that. And as you saw, we went through 20,000 downloads this week, which is absolutely fantastic. Ian did a great job. Um, Ian did a great job uh, standing in for me uh, on Wednesday when I was gutted at the end of my tail end of my birthday day that my sound went. But uh, the boys, they did a good night there. What are you doing through the international break, Ian, or is it none of my business? Like, uh, like uh, Nigel Pearson. Said. I, I should probably. Well, I, I should probably be doing the same as I've been doing for the last twelve months, which is not a lot. Um, sorry, went into went into Nigel then. You know, the unnecessary laugh, and then say yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think I'll be, I'll be um, watching a bit of uh, watching a bit of one day cricket. On the all of this is on the telly, obviously. I'm not yeah. looking to um, go overseas until I've got holiday booked in September and um, set late September, early October. So please, God, I can I can go on holiday then, and we'll be out of the pandemic and all vaccinated. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I've got my my second injection. Have you second, got your second injection? Second. Have you coming up? Yeah, got it booked in, in already. Well, not yet. Yeah, yeah, it's booked in, not until May. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, I, I think you the, the the problem that you know, I mean, we can't we can't really go out, we can't really do anything, we can't do that much. And and, and I think one thing I I get against people that are marching in London today, protesting about lockdown. 
uh, is that look, it's not a good time for any of us. None of us. I can't think of many people that like it. But unfortunately, I'd much rather stay in than get infected and die. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's where I am on it. And I think anybody that goes out, no matter how worthy the cause is, please don't do it. Please stay in, you know, because I don't, it's not about, it's, you know, if it saves 10 people's lives, you know, yeah. the deaths are going down, the hospital admissions are going down, they're going up in other countries. So we need to be really, really careful. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Hey, a couple of things, a couple of people have put on here. Steve has said, how about a quiz night? That would be good. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Something for the close season, that is. Uh, somebody's also said, could we get Gary Shelton in? I'm sure we can uh, try and do something like that. Um, Steve said, happy to play a part in joining in. Um, and what was the other thing somebody put on there? Um, Lisa said, female perspective. Yeah, come on. Come on into the room, uh, Lisa. Um, Cookie said, I'm always tempted to call in, but most of my points get covered. Yeah, but just come in and uh, just come in and join in with the rest of us. It'll be a good, uh, it'll be a good crack, most definitely. Ian, um, Alan Payne, he said, no impression. Well, no, not, no impressions. I mean, he's just come into the studio now, and I meant, I say this was meant to be part of my big birthday show night. Final thing. Um, uh, joining us uh, for a quick 30 seconds is uh, our, one of our managerial greats, Gary Johnson. Gary, you must be over the moon that your boy, your boy, who you gave 95% of his football career by playing him, your boy took Sunderland to Wembley last weekend and won there at the 8th of the 10th for the first time since 1973. How, did, how do you feel about that? And how did, how did, how did he react to it? Gary? Well, well, um... Well, Lee's, Lee's a great player. Lee, you know, he's he, he's a great player, and, and that's why that's why I brought him on at Wembley. I, I brought him on because of his because of, of his shooting, goal scoring, passing, and all the other stuff he couldn't do. So that's why he came on when we were there, and that's why we, you know, that's why we won the playoff final. But we didn't. We lost that. <laughs> we lost it. We oh, lost yeah. Gary. We lost. Uh, yeah, but we no, Dave, Dave, Dave. Is uh, listen to my mate Donald Trump. It, it, you know, we we won, we won. It's fake news that we didn't win. All right, fake news, uh, man. We live in fake a, news. We live in a time bubble. <laughs> yeah, fake news, mate. Fake news. We won. We and, won. And, and what's happened with, with you at Torquay, Gary? Because your form's gone to rat shit down there, hasn't it? What's gone wrong? You haven't been, you haven't been well, throwing hand grenades at the boys again, have you? Well, I had to, yeah, unfortunately, I had to throw in a few hand grenades at the boys because, you know, we've only got 14 players on loan from Bristol City. So I've, I've asked Pearson for some more, but he won't take me calls. He won't take me calls. He says I'm an arsehole. Yeah. yeah. He wouldn't we take me calls. I only had four, 14 on loan. Right. Good. Gary, thanks for that contribution. One final thing before we go, and Lisa's put this up here. Nigel Pearson, this is a quote. I'm very ambitious. I know the club are also ambitious. We have to use the rest of the season to formulate a plan for the future. Agree. And what I will say about that is I've had tremendous support from everybody at the football club. I've spoken to Steve and John a few occasions. Mark Ashton has been absolutely fantastic in terms of helping me. And the support he's given me has been outstanding. Yeah, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I'm really looking forward to how we plan the next chapter. Well, that is good to read. I hope by the next time we're doing a show like this, we're celebrating. Maybe not that we've won at home for the first time in two months, but 
that he has signed a contract and we can look forward to the future with confidence. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Ian, thanks for your contribution today and standing in for me in midweek. Everybody, have a good weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy your Easter. Cheers. Good night. All the best. All the best, Dave. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.